Welcome to Crossroads Connection. This is a show all about having conversations surrounding life, ministry, and culture. I want to say a quick thank you to our friends at the Truth Network for airing this program. And thank you so much, Tyler, and welcome to both Tyler and Jamie for joining me on this episode. And thank you to everybody who are listening right now, wherever you are listening from. We really do appreciate you taking time to listen into the program. And real quick plug, if you want more information, you can go to crossroads.org slash radio, and you can find previous episodes there and more information about the church and this program. Speaking of today and this episode, we've got an incredibly special guest that we interviewed that actually takes up the majority of the time. So we're actually going to jump to it fairly quick, but his name is Chris Dew. He's a local guy that grew up around Raleigh, found himself into addictions and all the trouble that goes with that and got radically saved. Now has an incredible ministry and a new book I'm holding my hand called The Real Answers to Addictions. Yeah, absolutely. So let's hear a quick word from our sponsor, and then we're going to jump into our interview with Chris Dew. Perhaps you've asked yourself this question, are you running the business or is the business running you? How might your teams grow if your teams were driving the business forward instead of you? You are sitting on a wealth of untapped opportunity. It takes courage to learn how to create a culture where your people are truly empowered to own their seats. My name's Cheryl Scanlon, business and executive coach. Working together, we'll go straight to your core challenges to sort through competing demands and realign to your highest priorities for measurable results. Visit c3advantage.net. That's c3advantage.net. All right. Well, welcome back from the break. We are here with our very special guest today, Chris Dew with Chris Dew Ministries out of South Carolina. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, it's an honor, man. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Absolutely. So Chris, on this program, we love to talk to, primarily we talk to a lot of people in the Raleigh Triangle area with ministries. Um, but you are from this area and yes, have got an incredible story and a book that you just came out with, which I uh, am so excited for you about and your ministry. And so we want to talk about your book. We want to talk a little bit about your journey. So real quickly, Chris, just give everybody just a, a quick snapshot of just where you're from, and then we'll kind of just dive in from there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. So I'm from uh, the Raleigh area. I uh, had a house uh, that was off of Falls and Noose Road. Um, I was over there kind of the, uh, the Litchford area and, uh, had a horrible speech impediment as a kid, you Did know, you? I mean, just had one of those horrible stutters all my life. Um, and if you can imagine mm. that was really awkward as a mm. child, you wow. know, to not be able to order food, uh, to not be able to, uh, to answer questions in class and, uh, just had lots of anxiety mm. uh, that went along with that. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, I just had this hole in my soul that I didn't really understand why it was there. You know, it was just kind of like this, uh, this emptiness uh, that I just had my whole life. Um, and from mm-hmm. a young age, I made a decision that hey, if I have all this anxiety on one side and all this emptiness on the other side, then I'm going to spend my life uh, just trying to calm my nerves and yeah. uh, to, to fill that void in my soul. Um, and I went after all kinds of things. Uh, it was, you know, sports at first, and that's not too harmful, uh, but I was short and white and couldn't jump. So that didn't really work so well. Uh, and I was like, okay, if sports isn't going to be it, uh, then it's popularity and all the cool clothes. And I thought if I could have all the right friends then I'd be happy and I'd be, you know, satisfied. Uh, but it didn't work. Yeah. And eventually I smoked weed for the first time and it was into harder and harder drugs. And eventually I was a heroin addict Yeah. as yeah. a 
16 year old mm. kid. Um, how I was a heroin junkie yeah. every morning. That's why I woke up in the morning was wow. uh, to get my fix. Mm. Um, and it got really bad. You know, I was in and yeah. out of treatment centers and mental hospitals and all kinds of different things. Um, and I even came to your church a few times, which is yep. <laughs> incredible. Yep. I had conversations with Ken Hester, who's yeah. there again, I yep. know. Yep. Um, and uh, just really trying to get help uh, because I wanted off of the drugs. Yeah. Uh, and lots of crazy stuff happened. I had legal issues, health issues, financial issues, all yep. of that. Um, I lost my dad. Um, and then after that, I just hit a hard bottom yeah. uh, that ran out of money. And uh, the options were homelessness or uh, to go to yet another treatment center. Um, I ended up in Florence, South Carolina, uh, at a place, uh, it's called the Owl's Nest there. And I went uh, and I was about 100 pounds, six feet tall almost, but 100 pounds soaking wet. Mm. Uh, I couldn't hold a conversation still. I had all kinds of shame and guilt and uh, pain. Uh, mm. But about a week later, it was on Christmas Eve of 2010. Uh, I was invited to a church service. Um, and I was like, oh, man, I don't really want to go to church yet. It's Christmas Eve and there's cool music maybe and pretty girls. So let's go. <laughs> and uh, I yeah. ended up going and uh, just heard the gospel. And I had heard the gospel before. I had heard it at your church. I'd heard it other places, uh, you know, but I didn't hear it. Yep. If that makes yeah, that's right. It was Absolutely. explicit. It was clear. Um, except spiritually, I didn't hear it. I just kind of blocked mm. out. I think probably the reason why that I didn't hear at your church is because I was normally high when I came. So I was yes. sleeping <laughs> in the back row, yeah. Yeah. which wasn't very yeah. good. That's what I've heard. Uh, I, that's what I've heard. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like, wait a second. Was he here at the same time? So what, when were you, when will you have been at Crossroads? Uh, that was on, about on 08, 09. Okay. Gotcha. I was in eight, 2009. I don't think you were the lead pastor yet, were you? No, no. I just became lead pastor about three years ago. Okay. So I came here in 2005 as a student pastor. So oh, I, was, I was youth pastor until um, for five years. Yeah. Okay. And in 2010, I did the Wake Forest campus. So up there. But yeah, I was asking I was asking mutual David Howell, one of our staff pastors, about you know, when were you here? <laughs> I think he said the same thing. I think he was like, yeah, he was here. But I think he was probably just high on the back row. Like just on a, yeah. You know. yeah, that was me. So... <laughs> Uh, but yeah. I'm in Florence, hear the gospel to church service on Christmas Eve, uh, and that radically changed my life. Um, I have one of those crazy stories where yeah. uh, that I heard the gospel, placed my faith in Jesus, turned from my sin, and honestly, everything changed. Wow. The hole that was in my soul, he filled it with his presence, and that's what it's made to be filled with. So he, stop right there real quick, Chris. So yes. For people that might not know maybe the languaging you're using or, or whether it's me that, that hole and feeling that try to put it in as best words as you can. What did the hole feel like when you were younger trying to fill it? And then what did the hole feel like when, when Christ filled it? Try, try to express it in ways that, you know, if you're telling somebody for the first time that has no idea who, what you're talking about, put it, put it in layman's terms. Yeah. Um, I think probably the best way is that, uh, it's like a hunger almost mm, inside okay. of you yep. uh, that you can eat all the food in the world and it's not filled still. Yep. Yeah. Well said. Uh, it's like when you haven't eaten in a few days or something, I know a lot of people haven't had that experience, uh, but if you've ever been on a fast or something or been homeless, I mean, that's 
a hunger that's almost all consuming. It's all you can think mm. about, right? It's I have to fill this um, hunger inside me, this emptiness. And it's exactly like that, except it's not just physical, it's spiritual, it's emotional, it's all of the above. Yeah, that's mm. that's incredible way of saying that. So what age did you kind of smoke that first marijuana? What age did you get started? Was- 15 or so, maybe yeah. 16. So 15. And then what, then it was, how old were you at the Christmas Eve service? Uh, I was 20, 20, so almost five. 21. So five year journey of going from marijuana to heroin and being a, a straight addicted to heroin. Yeah, so but now, it was quick. So yeah. I went to my first, uh, treatment center. It was actually Holly Hill. Oh, yeah. Holly. It was a yep. mental hospital there. Yep. Uh, when I was 16 years old, mm-hmm. uh, because I was coming off of heroin. Okay. So it was very quick uh, yeah. that I went from weed. And I thought, hey, this is all I'm ever going to do is yeah. smoke weed and drink alcohol. Uh, but it's a slippery slope, man. I got on that slippery slope and I slid very, very quickly. Yeah. So now talk about the other side of it. So it's Christmas Eve. You just heard an incredible sermon at a great church. And walk us through what that felt like. What, what happened? Yeah, absolutely. So there was... Uh, clarity around who Jesus was. Uh, the preacher explained, hey, here's who Jesus is. Here's what he's done, uh, that he uh, was crucified on a cross. He rose from the grave. And through that, you can have forgiveness of sin, uh, that you can be reconciled to the God of the universe, and that you can have eternal life. And I was like, that sounds like a good deal. Wow. <laughs> you know I mean? Because my way is yeah. not working at all. Yeah. Um, I just want to place my faith in, right? So I uh, responded to the invitation. Um, I prayed with a person that was there and just pretty much said, hey, I'm through trying to do it on my own. Yeah. Um, and I'm ready uh, to follow Jesus. Yep. Um, now, were you clean for so many days up until that point? Or were you still kind of struggling? A few days. Oh, just, just a few, a few days. days. About a week. Okay. Uh, but I was still coming off of all that stuff, right? Wow. Arrow, with heroin um, and a lot of the other drugs I was on, I mean, there's heavy, heavy uh, withdrawal symptoms. Okay. And I was experiencing a lot of those withdrawals. Wow. Okay. So, so you're kind of kind of withdrawal. Time, yeah. Kind of withdrawal Christmas Eve. And uh, and you said it was uh, one of those stories, right? So walk us through. So what, did was the desire gone that night? Like, what does that mean that kind of that quick thing. So walk us through that. So here's how I've explained it in the past uh, is that when you expel, well, let's, let's explain it like this. So when I tried a new drug uh, that was stronger than the other ones mm-hmm. uh, that I was addicted to instantly, I would switch from those, uh, the lesser pleasures onto the greater pleasure. Yep. Right? It was like, okay, I'm through with weed now because I tried Coke. Or, hey, I'm through with Coke now because I tried heroin. Um, And it was like I got a taste of the pleasure I had always been looking for on Christmas Eve that night. It wasn't all-consuming, right? Because that's going to happen when Jesus returns, and it's going to be fullness of joy, pleasures forevermore then. Uh, But it was a taste of the pleasure I had always wanted. Um, and I wasn't going back to anything else after that. It's like uh, wow. the parable Jesus tells um, about the treasure hidden in a field, right? He's like, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field in which a man found and then went home and he sold everything he had in order to buy that field. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love how it says that in his joy, he goes and sells everything he has in order to buy that field. It wasn't that he was like, well, I guess I 
have to be a Christian now. So I got to give this stuff up. No, it was like, I found a greater treasure. I'm willing to give up everything in my joy in order to have that treasure. And what a fantastic way to describe that. I love that. So, so walk us through what's next. So then you, you know, you're still there in rehab. And so walk us through what, what's the Lord done since then? Yeah. So since then, uh, it was about three months after that, uh, that a young pastor came in and spoke at uh, the treatment center. And as he's speaking, uh, the Holy Spirit spoke into me. I'm going to have you doing that one day. Wow. And I said, no, <laughs> like, I'll do anything. As, other most, as most of us probably have done as well. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't really want to do that uh, because having a speech impediment, um, I couldn't talk at this time really still. Okay. Uh, but he peacefully said, Hey, I made your mouth. I can do anything I want with you. And I said, well, I still don't want to do it, but that's some comfort (laughs) in there. And then slowly he's healed my speech. And that was almost 10 years ago now. Wow. Um, And I just was hungry for the Bible, hungry for community, man. I jumped head first into all the things of God um, and had a lot of junk still in my life, had a lot of things I had to work through, you know, past stuff I had done, uh, resentments I had issues from the past. Uh, but I worked through those. Um, and then eventually, uh, felt a call to ministry, obviously. And, um, I got the opportunity, uh, to be on staff at a church up here in Anderson, uh, which is about three hours from Florence. Um, it was an apprenticeship. It was a cool gig. I got paid to read the Bible and uh, to learn how to do ministry. (laughs) It was excellent. Yeah. And at the end of that two year, uh, program, um, I really felt like, the Lord was telling me uh, to travel and preach the gospel. Nice. It's like, okay, that's, that's great, Lord. But what does that look like? Like, how do you travel and preach the gospel? Like, is there health insurance in that? Is there a salary <laughs> with that? That's right. Um, and clearly there's not. Uh, but I, I said, Hey, I'm in. Um, and he has been so, so faithful uh, to open up all the doors uh, to speak at churches and rehab centers and prisons and jails and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and we've been doing it for five and a half years now and have spoken at almost 300 events. Um, and it's been crazy. That's our life now yeah. is we get uh, to travel all over the world and uh, to share my story, share the gospel yeah. um, and watch people uh, respond. Yeah. So let's talk about Chris Do Ministries. So when did that start? Was that five years ago or has that been... So you started yep. that right at the same time. You started Christian Ministries. And recently, you have written a book called The Real Answer to Addiction. I'm holding it in my hand Let's as I go. speak. I love it, man. I love <laughs> that you wrote this book. And so talk to us a little bit about the book. Talk to us about the the reasoning behind it. Obviously, there's a powerful message in there. But yeah, just talk, talk a little about your book. Well, it's obviously a huge issue right now. Uh, the epidemic of addiction yeah. um, is is huge and massive. It's yeah. it, it's all over the place, and it's not just in uh, just one part of the world. It's in the suburbs now. It's in uh, the white evangelical homes, right? It's it's everywhere. Yeah. So I didn't um, know, Chris. You uh, in you had an insert in the. Uh, package you sent me. I had no idea that nearly 20 million people, I got it right here, nearly 20 million people in the U.S. are battling addictions. 70,000 die every year from drug overdose. And you broke it down, 192 every day, eight people an hour, like one person every seven minutes. Like I had no idea 
uh, yeah. that many people are dealing that. And I think you're right. I think the, the, the pandemic we have now, this epidemic is only probably increasing this, you yes. know, people are, people are struggling. So. Absolutely. It's really bad. Um, and you know, how the idea for the book came about is I would travel and I would speak at, you know, churches or prisons or rehabs. Um, and these people who were struggling with addiction, uh, would respond to the gospel and they'd say, Hey, I want to follow Jesus. I um, mean, we'd have a conversation and they'd say, what do I do now? And I didn't have a great answer for them, uh, because it's, Hey, like read the Bible and go to church um, to get plugged into community. Yet that's, that's hard for a person that's in prison right now. Oh, yeah. You know, that's yeah. hard for a person that's currently in treatment. Yeah. Um, so what uh, came out of that was I was just like, man, I have all these things I've learned over the years. And I obviously can't spend three months with everybody who I lead to Christ and right. just personally disciple them and personally uh, to do life with them. Uh, but I could write all of that stuff down and put it in a book in order that a person that hears me and or hears the gospel and responds to it um, has practical action steps of how to follow Jesus. Uh, but then also, I mean, I really wanted to uh, to explain the gospel in there too. So a person that's in a prison cell right now that has all this extra time on their hands is able to, you know, hear the gospel that's explained on their level and then also have a practical plan of action after that as well. Yep. Yeah, that's powerful. And, uh, you know, in your book, and I'm going to go to chapter 10, if I may, because I thought this was, I didn't know this. I thought this was just, I was reading it going, are you kidding me? So chapter 10 is how to never relapse. But you open it that you got arrested on your honeymoon. Yes. What in the <laughs> world? I mean, I, I read it. I'm going, this can't be real. Like, for real, you, like, True story. What? So True we, story. We got we got to take a little time out and go over that real quick. Okay, <laughs> I think yeah, that's just... good. So, honeymoon was great. Yeah, um, and I'm by married, the way, you've been married how many years now? Like three and a half three years. And a half almost years. three years. So this is not I that long ago. Girl. This is three and a half years ago. <laughs> yeah. So three and a half years ago, uh, it's one of those preacher stories, you know, that like anybody else it would be <laughs> awful. But in the middle of it, I'm thinking this is going to be such incredible story yeah. to open up my messages <laughs> with, yeah. and it's it's great. So. And, and you've been clean and sober for what? How long would that have been? Up, like seven years? Yeah, it was about like six or seven yeah. years at that point. All so, right. So, so um, and your ministry's up and running. Yeah, I'm traveling, <laughs> preaching the gospel. Yeah. I mean, I'm like working at church. I'm a church yeah. office. I'm setting you because I know I know what <laughs> why you yeah. got arrested. But yeah, so go ahead. Absolutely. So I, you know, am a Christian trying to follow Jesus. Um, have a past, obviously, like I've explained, had some legal issues in the past uh, that had all been taken care of, though. I have a lawyer in Raleigh. He handled all that. I'd been forgiven, all of those things. Uh, but then we had a great honeymoon. Um, we're flying back into the States, had to come through customs. And uh, apparently uh, that an active arrest warrant popped <laughs> in the system. And I got arrested in front of my wife of eight days. I'd been married <laughs> For eight days. I'm sure my wife is thinking, who did I marry? Oh, this my is, goodness. Like, is there any way we can, like, I don't know if I want to be married to this guy. So it was it was crazy. Uh, but they only held me for four hours. Um, and then they said, oh, this isn't active anymore. <laughs> and have a nice day, Mr. Duke. So crazy yeah. story. So, so walk us through. So the title of that chapter is How to Never Relapse. So connect the dots for us. Yeah. So, um yeah, so 
how I explain it in that chapter is uh, that ultimately that our past is going to pop up unexpected sometimes. Yep. Uh, there's going to be times where you're just living life and you've been clean for three weeks, three years, 30 years, and uh, the temptation is going to pop back up. The, you know, old friend is going to call you the instant craving is going to happen in the grocery store that you haven't had in a long time. And uh, that we need to be ready for that. Yeah. Um, I go on to explain, I believe the passage is Luke eight mm-hmm. uh, about the parable of the sower yeah. um, and Christ ultimately gives us, Hey, here are the three pitfalls that you need to look out for in order uh, to not fall away. Yep. Yep. Um, and he goes through the types of soil in there, obviously, uh, but then I end the story with uh, the fact of how I got unarrested um, on my honeymoon uh, was not because I was spiritual or that I read my Bible that morning or that I was a pastor or that I worked at a church. I tried all of that and they wouldn't <laughs> let me go still. <laughs> uh, but the reason why I got unarrested was uh, because years prior that I hired a lawyer and he had gone to the judge, pled my case. And the judge slammed down the gavel and said, it's been paid for, it's forgiven. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we're able to break free and uh, uh, to ultimately overcome all the temptations that come our way. Yeah. And if we end up relapsing for some reason, it's absolutely the reason why we can be unhandcuffed from that right. is all because Christ came to the Father, yeah. pled our case on our behalf. He slammed the gavel down and said, you are forgiven. Yeah. You're holy and blameless without a spot or blemish. Yep. It happens through the gospel. Yeah. So what I love about that chapter and what you just said is everybody has a past. My past might not be addiction to drugs, but I got a past. And Tyler and Jamie, they got mm-hmm. a past. And you're right. Whether it's drugs or addiction, addiction, or whether it was a mistake you made in some other category, it's amazing how quickly the enemy wants to throw that back up. And you're right. It could be 10 years later, 15 years later. And then you're trying to fight back, reliving that guilt or shame. And uh, what a great reminder that is, Chris. So what I like to ask you is this, because I know uh, you wrote this book. What is your favorite part of the book? Every author's got their favorite chapter. So what what is it in your book that you would say, listen, that was that's my favorite part I wrote in that book? Uh, there's a few sections. I think uh, chapter three and just clearly explaining the gospel is um, incredible. I mean, cause that's my hope. I'm an evangelist. So I want people to respond to the gospel and to know Jesus and to taste yeah. uh, the joy that I'm tasting in my life right now. Uh, but then I think also the end, uh, the last chapter uh, is one where I talk about um, it's also in Luke chapter eight, uh, but it's about the demoniac mm-hmm. and uh, it's where Jesus goes over there and he has an encounter with the demoniac and the demoniac pretty much, um, Oh, is instantly changed, uh, that he was homeless. He was cutting himself. He was living in caves and he has this encounter with Jesus and he's in his right mind. Um, and some historians have, uh, just kind of done some research on his story and have found that he was a great evangelist and he ended up planting churches and all kinds of things in his town. Um, and that's my hope for people that read this book. Yeah. Uh, is that they're not just going to be people that, you know, have an encounter with Jesus and then kind of hide, um, in holy huddles for the rest of their life, but rather that they would be saved, set free, and sent on mission um, in order to impact others. Yep, that's awesome. 
So, Chris, with our time remaining, just got about a minute or so left. So let's tell everybody how they can get a hold of you. And what exactly would you say to, to people out here listening to, you know, hey, bring me in to do X, Y, Z. So everybody's got kind of their their niche. And I, I've heard you speak. You spoke for, I think, a student thing here from time to time. You're, we can vouch for you in that regard. But, you know, what is it that you love to be able to come in and talk to a, a church or a ministry organization about? It's a few things. I think my two specialties um, are evangelism. Um, if you have a, you know, uh, plan for like a youth event or an outreach event or something like that, where it's kind of the big Sunday of the year where you bring in an evangelist and they preach the clear gospel. I mean, that's my hope. Uh, and that's really what I love to do is uh, to clearly explain the gospel and clearly have people respond to the yeah. gospel. Um, and then, uh, the other thing is just on addiction. I yep. love teaching on addiction uh, because it's a big felt need. And I think uh, that a lot of people who have friends or family members who are addicted, that they don't really know what to do or how to help or how to love them and stuff. And I love uh, to come in and teach on that. Yeah. And, and so those are my two things. Yeah. Um, and obviously that we have a lot of copies of uh, the book there. Um, I have a podcast uh, that's also called the real answer to addiction of the books available on Amazon. Uh, but if you want to get a hold of me, I have Instagram, Facebook, or uh, the website. And it's just Chris do ministries.com. Um, and yeah, that's yeah. it, man. Absolutely. Well, Chris, we are so proud of you and praying for you and your ministry. Uh, you're doing amazing work. Uh, congratulations again on the book on your marriage for three and a half years even after being arrested on your honeymoon which is pretty amazing and uh yeah man keep it up keep going and uh, we'll be praying for you along the way and thanks again for being our guest today thank you so much andy thank you for joining and listening to our program today and thank you to crossroads fellowship and the truth network for making this show possible you can find out more information about crossroads fellowship at crossroads.org. If this show has impacted you, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at info at crossroads.org. Thank you to C3 Advantage for sponsoring this program. We look forward to having you join us on the next show. Your success as a leader hinges upon buy-in from your teams, clear and consistent communication from you, and strategic delegation. My name's Cheryl Scanlon. C3 Advantage helps you steward your most valuable resource well, improve retention, grow employee engagement, and generate higher team and individual ownership. The success of your organization begins with you and depends on your team. Go deeper as a leader and watch your organization go further. Visit c3advantage.net at c3advantage.net.